Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Don't know if I can do left-handed, but we'll give it a try this morning. Okay, see how good your memory is. Everyone is welcome. Nobody's perfect. All things are possible. Right? Okay. It's on the website. Jim, thank you for the songs. When life gets out of balance, we lose out. We uh, get too serious too much of the time and miss out on the pleasures of life God has given us. Uh, This lesson might seem a little odd to us because we, uh, we as Christians know that we need to approach life soberly, take life seriously. And we're not suggesting we don't do that. But we are suggesting that we keep the proper balance of life. Because if we go 100% serious and sober, we lose out. And uh, we end up being people that nobody wants to be around. And you know what? We just don't enjoy life. Did you ever get to the point you couldn't enjoy the day? I know some days are really rough and hard. But when we get, start to get into that pit and we can't enjoy life, we know we're out of balance. On the other hand, we can't just be fun-loving and think that's all life's about, you know, and that's what some people do. Find the fun, find the pleasure, find the thrills. And then, of course, then you fail to mature. You overlook the important things, your life is empty, it goes nowhere, and of course you don't have any relationship with God. So that's way out of balance on the other side. So you've got to keep the proper balance between the joy and the pleasure and being serious, knowing what life is really about. Ecclesiastes 3. I think we're all familiar with this. I'm not going to read this whole passage here. Uh, where it talks about the different times for doing different things. But I don't know if you ever noticed or approached it from the standpoint of this is about keeping life in balance. Ecclesiastes 3.1 There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event. New American Standard has events. Some translations have purpose under heaven. And my footnote here, when I was studying this out, I didn't realize the footnote here, the word, the literal word for event or purpose is delight. It's delight. A time for every delight under heaven. 
A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. And that's as far as we're going to go with that. This, we're going to focus there on that verse 4 about pleasure, God's gift of pleasure, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to enjoy life. We need that balance. Sometimes just to maintain our sanity. You know what I mean? To live life to the fullest, even spiritually. We need to have the pleasures that God gives us. And I see these pleasures, and we'll talk about some of them, as previews of what God has awaiting for us in the next life. I really do. And I think if we don't see them that way, see these things as given to us by God, and turn away from them, that we'll re- we really miss out. And we don't, we don't really see the full side of our God, as we're going to see. That God rejoices. God, God takes pleasure in things. Maybe you never thought about that in regard to our God, but he does. He is not just 100% serious being up there, uh, just you know, lording it over and watching over things and so forth and so on. That he's a God who takes pleasure in things. Touch, he has a heart that can be touched. If you turn over one page there to Ecclesiastes 7, probably one page in your Bible. Verse 14, in the day of prosperity be happy, but in the day of adversity consider. God has made the one as well as the other. Okay? In other words, he's saying, you know, the prosperity of the good is just not by accident. Okay? That's not just worldly stuff. God has made them both. These things for us to rejoice in when things are going well. God, God did that. He's behind it. And we need to see that and appreciate it and rejoice in it. Christians... Above all people should be the most balanced people on earth. We really should if we have the proper view of life, proper view of scripture, proper view of God himself. We should be the most balanced people in life. Understanding, you know, the, the scripture Paul writes in Corinthians, weeping with those who weep, no, it's in Romans. Weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. We understand that. And that's kind of what this lesson is about, but we're going to focus on the pleasure. You may have run into folks who have this kind of an attitude, you know, like, well, it's a beautiful day right now, the sun is out, and say, oh, it's going to warm up, oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. And they're saying, yeah, but next week, it's supposed to go down to 10 degrees again. Now, wait a minute, you see. The people cannot rejoice in what God has given them at the moment. You see, that's a problem. 
When you've got that kind of a heart and mindset, all you can think about is the negative and the bad and waiting, as we would say often, for the other shoe to drop. You know, we just can't enjoy today. We need to enjoy today what God has given us. If it's good, rejoice in it. These are all gifts from God. We have to see that. You know, obviously I'm not talking about sinful activities, okay? But good things. You know, start out with, you know, what is it you like? What, what do you enjoy? A cup of coffee? A cup of tea? Your latte? Your Mountain Dew? Some people like that in the morning. Smell of a flower? When's the last time you smelled a flower? And, and rejoiced in that. that that's, that's a wonderful aroma. I, I like that. That's from God. We should smile. Uh, chocolate? Anybody? Come on, Mike. That's a gift from God. You know, we can overdo it. I understand that. And sometimes I do. That's a gift from God. You know, lovers holding hands. A kiss. That's a gift from God. Uh, Music. Let me hear you like music of some kind. That's a gift from God. It, It is. Whatever kind you like. To enjoy that, rejoice in that, to just settle back and listen to what you like to hear. Playing with your kids or your grandkids. Boy, what a gift from God. There's a lot of scriptures we could use. There's one in Psalms about the man who has children, you know, like like the plants around his table, you know. He should rejoice in that. Morning walk, you know, good conversation, whatever it is. These things are gifts from God, and we need to rejoice in them. It all begins with God. Let's go to Psalm 149. We're going we're gonna to run a few scriptures here, so hang with us. But just to, uh, to demonstrate that the scriptures are filled with these ideas. Okay? Sometimes we don't focus on them or focus on them enough to be reminded of this. It all begins with God, who himself takes pleasure, as we said. Psalm 149 and 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. Okay? God looks down, sees his people, and sees his people doing the right thing, and sees his people... uh, uh, progressing and sees his people having prosperity, which he's promised me. All those promises he made to Israel, you follow me and I'll bless your, your fields, I'll bless your cattle, I'll bless the, your, your women with uh, lots of babies. He, he's, he wants to give these things to give, give us reason to rejoice and to have a good life. And he takes pleasure in that, in his people. And uh, he's, he is the giver. You know, we can, 
we can identify with this. You know, those of us who have children, have had children, grandchildren, we like to watch them grow, don't we? See them learn, see them mature, see them, you know, we want them to have a good life. We rejoice when they have children, you know, and they don't stay under our roof, you know. They stay under their roof, okay. But, you know, that, that's all part of, part of life, and we, re, we rejoice in that. So, this all comes from God. Luke 12. Again, an amazing passage of Scripture. Here in uh, the section of Luke has defined about, you know, not, not worrying and seeking the kingdom first. He says, Do not be afraid, little flock, Luke twelve thirty two, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. And in the New King James says, It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He is a giver and he delights in giving and he wants to see our eyes light up and our hearts dance when we appreciate these gifts he's given us. This is our God. He's giving the kingdom to his people. So this all comes from God. Let's go back to Psalm 104. We're going to talk about the creation he made. This is a really interesting uh, verse here in Psalm 104 about the creation, about Leviathan. Whatever that is, and you know, scholars debate what the Leviathan is, and we're not going to get into that right now. Psalm 104:24. O Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom you've made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. There's the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both small and great. There the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed, you have formed to sport in it. And as some translations say, play. They do. You've made this great sea creature to play in the sea. Now, I don't know if Leviathan, when he does that, knows he's playing, but that's what he's doing. He's enjoying himself in the sea. Job 40.20, you can turn there on your own, I don't even have it on the list, it has a similar idea about animals playing. Uh, most of us here have had puppies or kittens. Did you ever watch them play? Do they, do they have fun, you think? Goofing off? And they bring us joy, right? And I'm always amazed at uh, the otters. Ever seen any of those films on otters? They're on sliding down the, ri- the river bank, and they just do it again, and they just, they're just having fun. You know, why, why on earth would they do that? It, it doesn't accomplish anything. They're not getting food. You know, they're, they're just having fun, sliding around. The seals kind of do the same kind of thing. That's all from God. He made them that way. You know, some have uh, speculated about God when he created. You know, and you look at some of the creation he made. Some very weird animals, right? 
You think of the platypus and some others, you know, uh, it lays eggs. Is that not a mammal? Is that the thing about the platypus, and he, but it lays eggs? And, you know, thinking, some have said, you know, when God made this, he was saying, okay, I'll, we'll let the scientists try to figure this one out. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, right, all these strange things that he does and has made just for joyful purposes. Okay, let's go to Isaiah, bring it a little closer home. Isaiah 62.5. Remember, and we, we, it was just last week, I think we were talking about marriage uh, with the first Adam and the last and the wives. Isaiah 62.5, For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. He's talking here to Israel and the restoration of things. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. God made marriage, and God made it that a bridegroom would rejoice over his bride, and the bride would rejoice over the bridegroom, and they would have joy in their coming together. They would be thrilled about it. It's, and the pleasure's all involved there that God created for husband and wife. It's all from him. That's just not some natural thing that came along by accident. It's God's gift to us. And we need to see it that way. That he made it that way for us to enjoy. I don't know if you can remember back to the days when you were dating, and you were thrilled that somebody you asked went out with you on a date, a little flutter inside, you were thrilled that somebody asked you out. You know, all, this, all that comes from God. And then when you got found the one, And he said, will you? And you said, yes, I will. That's, that's excitement. That joy is from God. We have to see that. And he wants us to rejoice in those things. And like I said, that's a, I, I see those as previews of what's to come. We're going to see the last scripture we turn to. and We'll, we'll see that there. Given to us by God. He's placed those things, many things into creation. All right, let's go back to Ecclesiastes 3. So we have some commands and examples here of our rejoicing, of people rejoicing. Ecclesiastes 3.22. Solomon says, Koleth. I have seen that nothing is better than that man should be happy in his activities. Some translations there have work. For that is his lot. For who will bring him to see what will occur after him? Be happy in what you do, in your work. Okay, rejoice in the work of your hands. Uh, I'm always reminded when I read something like this about God. When he created, you step back, especially after on the sixth day after he had made man, you step back and said what? 
It is very good. He was satisfied. He was pleased with what he had made. And this is, I think, what Solomon is saying here for us. Whether, you know, whatever it is you get into on a regular basis, you know, I think of the ladies who work hard in the home preparing meal, good meals, and they, they like to put a good meal before their family. They should rejoice in that, that they, they did that. Or you have a, you know, a husband goes out to work and he brings home to pay and so forth. And, you know, rejoice and you're able to do that for your family. And, you know, a lot of the wives work as well and you, you, you contribute and bring that home for the family. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in what you're able to do, what skills and talents God has given you. Yeah, I know it can be laborious at times and things aren't really always good at the workplace, but it's a good thing that God has given you those ability to, to create and to do and to bring things about. You know, I've got written down here about a garden. A lot of us have gardens, whether it's flower gardens or vegetable gardens. Rejoice in that, that God gives you that ability. That God has made that available to us. And we work there. And we see the, the results of our efforts. The beauty and, and uh, all the goodness of it. Whatever you're doing. Repairing the, your own car. Redecorating a room. Some kind of a project. Rejoice in that, that you can do that and you accomplish something. This is some of the good that God has given us. To, to enjoy. Let's go over to Luke 15. Just a little, a little glimpse here of life. We have the two parables in the first part of Luke 15 about uh, the man who had the lost sheep and the lady who lost a coin, one of her coins, valuable coins. You know, her uh, livelihood, I'm sure. And what they do, he, he went and searched for his sheep and he found it and brought it back and she swept the house and she found their coin. And what do they say? I'm going to read the one of them. When she found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me for I have found the coin which I had lost. Rejoice with me. You see, it was a sad day. She lost it and it doesn't say how long she was looking for it. But when she found it, she calls her friends, said, let's have a party. I found my lost coin. She rejoiced. That was something good in her life that happened to her. And, you know, when good things happen, we need to rejoice and share them with others. I think the next one has to do with that in the church, 1 Corinthians 12. We should be attentive to what's going on in others' lives. They're already quoted from Romans, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. But this is along the same line in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Paul's uh, gone to great length here in this chapter to, to uh, describe the, uh, the church as a body, the body of Christ. You know, he's the head, we're the body. And he says, you know, talks about those who are eyes, those who are feet, and so forth. And each, each part has, has, a, has a, something to do. We all have a part to play and do your part where you are with, 
with these skills and abilities and talents God has given you. And he's emphasizing the fact that the body is one, okay? That it all works together and, and rejoices together, feels together. He says there in 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. So we should know when someone's having difficulty, sickness, illness, job loss, whatever, car accident, in the hospital, we should feel that. We should suffer somehow, try to help out, okay? We should be feeling that and not dismissing. Say, oh, I don't know her very well. I don't know him very well. But then it says... If one member is honored, I think the, the literal there is glorified, all the members rejoice with it. They all rejoice. Something good happened. You know, there, there's no room for envy and there's no room for jealousy. And as I was studying this out, the Lord gave me this thought as well. There's no room for indifference. You know? It says rejoice. Someone has a new baby. Someone gets a new job, a raise, something good happens. We should rejoice with them. Uh, I don't necessarily mean you have to go and say something to them, but it would be a good thing to do. But just in your own mind and heart, you say, it's a great thing when, praise the Lord, that that happened to that person or that family or whatever. Rejoice. God's doing good things. You know, God, God understands us. He realizes that if we, if we are totally overwhelmed by the bad things in life, we can go down. We can go under. And some people let that happen. They get, they get out of balance and they just, they just go under. And we see that a lot. And this is where, in the church, we need to hold one another up. When good things happen, rejoice with people. Say, that's a great thing. I'm thinking about you. Or when they suffer, I'm praying for you. We don't want people to go under. We don't want people to disappear. We don't want people to go back into the world. That's what the body is about. But there's good, the good things God has given. And we need to stay... You know, thinking about these things even when there are difficult times around. Finishing up with Psalm 16. As we talked about pleasures on into eternity, what we have here, the joys and the pleasures and all the good things are a preview of what is to come. Psalm 16 is just a good psalm if you want to read it. Uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, uplifting and encouraging, but we're looking at the last verse, 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Talking about God. You know, we've tried at times, and I know you've tried on your own at times to fathom what will it be like in this new heavens and a new earth. All these things that 
God has promised. Now, no tears, no death, just joy, good things. What will it be like? I said, all these good things we have now are previews of that, but they're, they're, uh, they're just glimpses. Okay, I think they don't even come close to these pleasures God has in His right hand forevermore. What He wants to give to us in eternity. In eternity. All those good things. All the pleasures that he, He's waiting to bestow upon us. All right, we wrap up. There is an appointed time for everything. There's a time for every event under heaven. Let's just remember that. Time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh. Let's remember there's a time to enjoy the pleasures that God has given us. And when we have an opportunity, whether it's just, you know, briefly some afternoon, take advantage of that. And see that it, and remember that it comes from God. God has put pleasure and joy into his creation, into the human race, into his own people. We need to keep that proper balance and rejoice in the things that God has given us. Of course, uh, you know, we rejoice in in his love. You know, the spiritual things, we haven't really focused on them much in this lesson. The spiritual things, we rejoice in the fact, you know, again, Don pointed out the scripture that Bill read. The love of God. Just that God loves us is a reason to rejoice. And remember that no matter what happens to us in life, it's not going to separate us from the love of God. It's impossible for it to do that. So we rejoice in God and all his goodness. We rejoice in our Savior. We rejoice in his love for us and the grace and the mercy that he shows. He's a marvelous God. Yes, there's the other side of the judgment. But keep, keep the balance. Keep the balance. If anybody wants to respond this morning to this great God, this, this God of goodness, this God of love, this God of power, this holy God, this righteous God, we stand ready to assist you as we were talking uh, yesterday in our men's group and appreciated all the brothers who came out for that. Uh, you know, there are at times where there are obstacles to talking and there are obstacles to doing what we need to do. And sometimes it's an obstacle for folks to come forward because you're in front of the group and we under, we've talked about that. And it's, we're uncomfortable there. So if you need to talk and you feel uncomfortable coming up, then get us alone. Get us in private. Give us a phone call, whether it's me or Mike or Mike or Don or Rick. And we'll be glad to talk with you wherever you want to talk about your spiritual journey. If anybody's ready to respond this morning, you need prayer, maybe you want to obey the gospel, we're here to help you. So, Brother Jim, if you would, please.